welcome to another episode of How to Start a Startup by Hyper. In this episode, we have a workshop co-hosted by Hyper and our partner, Ask Marketing, which is all about startup marketing. The experts at Ask cover go-to-market strategy, product type and commercialization, whether you need a sales function or not, customer personas, funnels, content requirements, and much more. It's a value-packed episode, so make sure you stick around until the end since there's so much great stuff in there. All right, enough of me. Let's get into the episode. Awesome. Welcome, everyone. Thanks very much for joining in. Appreciate you taking some time out of your lunch break as well. Uh, for those in Sydney, uh, whilst it's you know nice and raining and hopefully Melbourne or wherever else you are joining from around Australia, uh, it's been a good day so far. Uh, my name is Sam Cust. I'm one of the directors here at Hyper. For those that may not know Hyper, we are a startup studio supporting founders from literally idea phase uh, to raising investment and getting developed into market. Now, one of those very important facets of getting your idea to market successfully is your go-to-market strategy. And I'm very excited to chat with you today um, and introduce one of our amazing partners, which is Ask Marketing, uh, who is going to talk to us a little bit further about go-to-market strategy and really why it can be the difference between a successful launch and a failed one. So I'd like to introduce Stephanie and Elliot King, who are the directors and founders of Ask Marketing, and hand it over to them to discuss a little bit further about this exciting topic with you all today. Thank you much, Sam, and so nice to be here and see you all and really lovely to see some familiar faces. Andrew, hi. Um, Emily, hi. Um, so today, as Sam said, um, we will be presenting hopefully some really educational points around the first two steps to getting started with your marketing. Um, we're going to share our screen in a moment and take you through some um, kind of educational content. And then at the end, in about 45 minutes or so, Sam, we can um, we can open up to the floor and answer any questions that you guys might have with hopefully some, some really uh, practical tips and takeaways. Amazing. Can you just give me the thumbs up? Cool. Well, <laughs> awesome. Welcome, everybody, again. Um, as Sammy quite nicely introduced, my name's Ali, this is Stephanie, and we are two of the directors of Ask Marketing. Uh, our team specialise in helping um, businesses just like yours to harness the power of uh, digital business marketing with three key things. Uh, strategy, people, and tools. So today's session is going to be really informal and hopefully quite educational around the first two steps, steps to marketing your startup successfully. I'm just going to move us out of the way. Cool. So as I said, our business is all about helping business owners just like you guys to harness the true power of digital business marketing through three things, decisive strategy, passionate people, and MarTech tools. So we like to call ourselves the strategy experts. Um, and as many of you will know, coming from the businesses that you're in now and the business that you are hopefully launching very soon, uh, every smart business begins from a strong strategic foundation. And we are all about giving you guys that solid starting point 
So from there, you're then equipped with a roadmap to set you out on your journey using our strategy as your compass. We can then um, help you guys take the fear out of finding the right partners for you by connecting you with our trusted contacts in the industry who can bring everything together. Um, hi, guys. Uh, Stephanie here. Um, as, as you can see here, this is a really small selection of the, the businesses that we've worked with over the last um, handful of years, and particularly um, three examples there who went through the Hyper Accelerate program. You can see my side in the middle there, a social competition platform. Down the bottom right green, we've got walkies, um, a, walk, a dog walking app that's now live. And um, three helps that's in the works there. It's a, it's a volunteering platform, a marketplace connecting charities and volunteers. So we've worked with a whole bunch of different businesses across a whole bunch of industries. And we, as Ali mentioned, uh, are your strategy experts. So that first sort of call to work with, to develop a strategy to set you on the right path to success in the marketing space. So let's dive in. So we're going to talk primarily about two things today, two steps to consider to ensure that you're equipped with the information that you need when you're thinking about the time to start marketing your new startup. So two things. The first one is a go-to-market marketing strategy. We're going to talk through why you need one. Um, also talk about the considerations of what you need to do before you're going to be ready for a marketing strategy to get the most out of what a strategy would look like and how it can benefit the business long-term. And the second component is considering marketing resourcing. So how can we shape um, and how can you shape your business to essentially support the marketing function? in order, again, to get the most, um, I guess, bang for buck out of your marketing activity um, and, and the right people and how you can equip, equip the team um, to, do, to do that. So the first thing we're going to talk through is the actual go-to-market strategy. And I guess, as, as we say, this is the foundational component that any business um, on their journey to, to success should consider at the right time. So we'll talk to you about that now. So what actually is a go-to-market strategy? And depending on where your journey, where you are in your journey at the moment, if you're really close to, um, you know, putting your idea onto paper, whether you're just very early days, you have an idea but, you know, don't know where to go to, a go-to-market strategy will be, you know, a project that is needed before launch or before pre-launch activity begins. So I guess essentially working through what's in it, um, it's a step-by-step -step marketing plan, and we want to do this, um, you know, we work with any business to do this who is at a point that they're ready, and it essentially is a roadmap. So based on a number of critical components that we're going to work through next um, that mean you're ready for a go-to-market strategy, that can then determine all of the finite marketing elements that are needed to put you on the right path. So it's, the second point there is it's focused on pre-launch first. So as you can appreciate, the, the focus of marketing between the pre-launch phase and a launch phase, which is very common, um, a very common approach in the startup world to launch a product, um, is really, really important. And there's different focuses um, from a marketing perspective between what pre-launch marketing and what launch marketing and, and onwards marketing looks like. The third point there is it includes all the content and lead generation strategies that you'll use to attract prospects to your product. So what are the tactics and the digital marketing and traditional marketing tactics that will actually gain traction for your product in the market? 
And the fourth component there is outlining the critical components and metrics that investors need to see or want to see. So a huge portion of strategy is actually taking a go-to-market strategy to investors to actually show them what you've done, what you've thought about, that there is a, you know, a step-by-step roadmap already thought out for the marketing function to really reassure them that you've, you've thought of all areas, particularly in marketing. So there are four kind of key components as to explain what a go-to-market strategy is. And then we're going to talk to what critical considerations to think about that will heavily influence what the go-to-market strategy includes. So there are about six here that we've outlined that are critical considerations. And again, depending on where you are in your journey and how far away you are potentially from launching, these are the things we would encourage you to think about. The first is product type and commercialization. So think about what your, your product actually is. So is it a two-sided marketplace, for example? Is it a SaaS product, software as a service? Is it direct to consumer? So for example, if it's a two-sided marketplace, that does definitely factors into a lot of consideration in the marketing space. For example, if it's a two-sided marketplace during pre-launch, we want to be thinking about, um, for the pre-launch phase, what is the most important side of the marketplace to acquire customers onto first. So there always has to be a phased approach if in the case that it is a two-sided marketplace. In the case of the SaaS product, for example, is there a sales function that needs to plug into your business in order to get a user from first, you know, being interested in the product to then actually signing on? You know, if it's a high price point product, um, whether it's, you know, once-off payment or a subscription, there could be that ongoing sales nurture that needs to happen. And a lot of those factors based on the product type itself factor into marketing and how we best strategy to do that. Also with product type and commercialization is understanding which buyer persona or which target market is the priority for pre-launch marketing. So in the example I use with regard to a two-sided marketplace, understanding which customer persona or which target market is important to focus on first before you can then, you know, focus on the other side of the marketplace to supplement um, both sides equally. So breaking that up is really, really important as a, as a first step to think about. I'll just add as a really practical example there. In the case of a two-sided marketplace that Stephanie was mentioning, um, of course we need to prioritise one side over the other potentially from a starting point. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the overarching priority. It's a bit of a chicken and egg scenario. So what we can often determine is that one side of the marketplace might be the responsibility of digital marketing to acquire users. However, on the other side of the marketplace, that might be of equal importance, but something that actually digital marketing isn't responsible for, and instead business development and strategic partnerships and the sales function is responsible for. So. I just wanted to add that piece of context because you might be thinking, well, you need both, and often you do, um, but sometimes perhaps digital marketing is actually responsible for one side and sales slash partnerships and business development might be responsible for the other simultaneously. Yeah, and I guess an even easier way to think about it often that we prompt um, clients to think about is which side of the marketplace will be the one bringing in the revenue first. So that often, um, and every case is different, but often that is the one question that kind of devises which is the most important to start with is often the one that's going to actually bring in the revenue. Um, second, the second point to think about as a key consideration is usability. So 
is your product um, or app going to be mobile specific or is it web specific um, or is it both? Can you sign up on the web app but then also um, download a mobile application to use in the day to day? The reason that is critical is we need to understand and as marketers, we need to understand where the conversion happens. So if we're going to be pushing users to, if we're going to be pushing users to a mobile app, for example, they're very different tactics from a marketing perspective to what we use if we're trying to push people towards signing up on a website. So understanding that first and foremost is definitely a critical consideration um, that informs marketing um, pre-launch and, and launch and beyond. Definitely a one to be thinking about from the start. Uh, similarly with that, uh, and linked to usability is the payment gateway. So where does the actual payment of your product take place? Again, doesn't it either, either occur on a, a web app, you know, via Stripe, for example, as a payment gateway, or does it happen on a mobile app? And if so, does it actually happen in the App Store or the Google Play Store? Again, that specifically links back to marketing because we need to understand that in order to define where the conversion takes place. Again, in order to shape the, the most suitable tactic to push people to that place, whether that be um, the actual mobile application and the gateway or on the web. The fourth component to think about is the customer acquisition model. So how do you intend as a broader business to actually acquire um, users into the platform? And a couple of handy, very commonly used tactics are a premium model or a free trial. So hooking a customer in potentially to test the, the platform or the product um, before they then have to go on to pay for it as a full price option. The difference between freemium and a free trial, which both are very, very helpful to consider when, um, when creating your business, Premium essentially seeks to uh, provide limited functionality to your users forevermore. So if you wanted to, for example, if you had a, a, a dog walking app and you wanted to get, you know, a thousand um, customers onto the dog walking app and it could do, it could track your steps, it could um, show you where the local parks are, it gave you rewards for, um, for walking, the further you go, the more rewards you earned. You could potentially um, create a freemium offering where it only allows users to access one of those functionalities for free, forevermore. And if they want to then upgrade to the paying model to access all three of those um, functionalities that I mentioned, that would be the next stage. So freemium essentially draws it, I guess, gives it a, gives you the taster as to what the platform would potentially do um, without them having to pay for it. A quick example of, uh, of an app, a well-known app that you guys would probably know is Strava. Yeah, yeah, in the workout space. <laughs> the, the difference between a freemium model and a free trial, on the other hand, is a free trial is a set period of time that a user can test the platform free before they then have to pay for it full price. So it is the full functionality offered in that free trial period. Very common one is, you know, a seven-day free trial of, you know, endless list of products that you get everyone uses every day. Um, so very common, seven-day free trial, full functionality, and at the point of that seven days, you start to be charged as a consumer. Often a free trial will also ask for your credit card details to be put in um, the system at the start of the free trial, which is also a consideration for marketing. So thinking about those freemium and free trial options um, at the start 
um, of your, I guess, business journey and creation of your startup will drastically help the focus of marketing um, when, when the time comes that marketing is ready to be um, thought about. Um, the second point there is, is the product subscription-based or is it a once-off payment? So, again, this just is really shaped by the product or platform itself. What's best suited? Um, how, you know, how can a consumer... Um, Connect with the with the business um, and how how is how is payment taken? Essentially, what best suits it. Again, depending on that decision, that informs the way that the marketing strategy is developed because it really informs you know the revenue model itself. The fourth, sorry, the fifth thing is customer persona focuses for pre and post launch. So we've talked um, about I guess the the focuses being different for pre launch and post launch. And a really good example, again, we come back to a two-sided marketplace. If, you know, for example, in the case of, of My Time, which is a, a startup that came out of the Hyper Accelerate program, it's a social competitions platform. Um, one side of the marketplace as a, as a customer persona are everyday consumers, you and I who just like taking photos or, or creating content. And then the um, other side of the marketplace is businesses or brands. So looking at what focus is the most important for pre-launch and what focus is the most important for post. And as Ali mentioned, are they both equally important or are there priorities that we can um, we can structure to have a phased approach? So looking at those customer personas granularly from the get-go is really helpful. The customer personas as well might be the same for pre-launch and post-launch. That's also a factor. So really diving deep into your customer persona, um, your, your target market group, um, asking questions of your prospective customers, getting feedback as to your concept, the more granular we can go into at the start as to attaining just general thought in the very early phases is really critical for, for marketing because so much of, of startup space is assumptions. So the more primary data we can get from, attained from your, your prospective customers at the start through focus group surveys, questionnaires, the better. And the sixth um, consideration that's critical, to, the earlier you think about it, the better, is do you have a sales function? So does your product or platform um, suit having a sales function? For example, a SaaS business, a software as a service business that essentially allows um, a, you know, tech, a tech platform that you can sign up to on a subscription model. Does it have um, a sales function to nurture that lead until the point of signing up? Often this will be the case for a higher price point service um, or, or product or a, a platform that needs further explanation and further nurturing of that potential customer. So again, considerations um, in this space, really important to be done because that will also influence the go-to-market marketing strategy and the tactics used to best service that business type. Cool, so once all of those considerations are essentially ticked off and confirmed, um, we can get started on your go-to-market marketing strategy. So let's talk through the five key elements or the five key things that are within a go-to-market um, marketing strategy. 
So the first thing is customer personas. So based on the slide that we talked about before and all of the amazing first-party um, research that you do in the form of focus groups, which Hyper can help with, um, help build a scaffold with, um, and attaining surveys and things like that and, and attaining as much feedback as possible, we can then really fully flesh out the customer personas, again, with a focus on pre-launch first. The second thing is a marketing competitor analysis. So based on the, um, the competitors that you will have already um, uh, been aware of, we will go deep into, from a marketing perspective, what your competitors are doing, what channels are they playing on, what strategies and tactics are they using, what partnerships have they formed, what's working for them, what's not, what content are they producing, what does their landing page look like, what's an opportunity for us here. Um, so learning what's out there based on your competitors and taking and drawing some key insights based on their digital marketing activity. The third thing is the actual marketing strategy itself focused on the pre-launch. So in other words, and in, in this case, uh, an example to show investors how to reach your first 1,000 signups. So within that, that will include all of the pre-launch marketing strategy objectives. So objectives being the qualitative and the quantitative goals. In this case, the quantitative could be the first 1,000 signups. The qualitative could be around things like how to optimise the landing page to get there, um, the, the lead nurture series that needs to go up off the back of it, the strategic partnership that you know is going to drive 50% of those signups. So what are the actual objectives of the pre-launch phase? The second thing within the strategy itself will include the user funnel. So if you think about a user funnel as, as the shape of a, of a funnel, you've obviously got brand awareness at the top and we've got a visual on the next slide. We've got brand awareness at the top, acquisition in the middle and then retention all the way down the bottom. So as you can probably appreciate, the focus for pre-launch is actually only at the very top of that funnel. It's getting people A, aware and really excited about your product or service and B, get them to become traffic that heads toward your landing page, give them some key information, and then the key conversion point, which is point number three here, is the actual point of them providing their email address um, and becoming a registration or a sign-up um, uh, in the pre-launch phase. And then the fourth dot point there is the critical alignment of marketing sales. So like Stephanie mentioned, um, in the case of a, of a two-sided marketplace, in the case of a SaaS model, um, regardless of the business or the app um, or the startup that you're creating or have created, um, if there is an element of marketing and sales partnership, great. What does that look like? Who's responsible for what metric? Investors will want to know this. What does that partnership look like? So if, for example, the digital marketing conversion point um, responsibility of marketing is to drive 1,000 signups, great. What does the role then become of sales? What information can be handed to those signups to nurture them through to the point of when the app goes live, then downloading it or jumping onto a free trial with a freemium model? So that's really important as well and something that digital marketing can really assist with to really reduce the pressure and the cost of the sale function. The fourth thing are the priority tactics. So what are the number one, two, and three key tactics that if you don't do anything else, you must do these three things. Um, so they are the tactics that 
are going to cost you the least amount of money, i.e. we understand that you're a startup, we understand you don't have um, kind of a, a bank or a pool of money to draw from to do things like expensive advertising campaigns or put a billboard here in the CBD of Sydney. We understand you can't do that stuff yet. But what you can do are some of these priority tactics that we know, A, work, B, are the absolute critical elements that need to be executed on well from the outset, and three are the things that will really drive results for, for you in the early days that won't break the bank. The big thing there that's included in a go-to-market marketing strategy are the content requirements that are needed to fuel the element above, the priority tactics. So what pieces of content are required to actually make those tactics happen? So say, for example, if one of the tactics is Organic social media on LinkedIn. Organic social media on LinkedIn, great. Then some of the marketing content requirements might include the written, the visual, and the audio pieces of content that are going to be needed to fuel the LinkedIn um, ecosystem. So how much blog, how many um, pieces of blog content do you need? How many static imagery, uh, static pieces of imagery do you need with things like infographics, images, quotes, testimonials, uh, uh, GIFs? Uh, key call-outs, uh, uh, statistics, um, and then also audio. So what pieces of audio and visual content might be also needed on LinkedIn in the form of conversational videos that you can take as a selfie with yourself? Um, they could be podcasts. They could be um, resharing of other types of content um, in your partner network. So that is really, although it's number five, the marketing content requirement for your priority tactics really becomes the fuel in your fire to start getting your brand out there into the market. So it's actually one of the most important things um, in your go-to-market strategy. So I wanted to give you guys an example here. So back, if you remember back to the slide before where we talked about a pre-launch conversion point. So if we come back to what I was just discussing around the pre-launch conversion point being sometimes very different to the conversion point when the brand actually goes live and you have launched, the pre-launch conversion point in the case of an app is usually on a landing page. So this is an example of a landing page of a startup who has completed the Hyper Accelerate program, whose uh, go-to-market strategy has been built by us, and this landing page is now live. So the pre-launch conversion point for this startup is this one here circled in yellow. So the pre-launch conversion point, i.e. the thousand registrations that this founder needs to hit to go and attain his next round of um, funding and to really hit that next milestone is this conversion point. And by conversion point, I mean this form field on the landing page, which allows an interested or prospective user to enter their details and nominate in this case, what side of the marketplace are they on? So I am a helper or I am a charity. In this case, you can select either and then pop in your email address and click submit. So when we talk about conversion points, conversion points are essentially the key metrics that we need to hit, that your investors will need to know to want to invest into your business, that then impact the exact tactics that we use and how we get traffic to that, uh, that, uh, that conversion point. In this case, it's on the landing page before the app goes live and before somebody can jump into um, the Apple or Google Play Store and physically download the app. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about conversion points in the pre-launch phase.
how do we drive people to this pre-launch conversion point? So again, how do we drive people to that website URL to put in their details and hit submit and become a registration? So in the pre-launch, obviously the app's not ready yet. It's not available in the app store. We're not talking about acquiring them or getting their credit card details yet. We're talking about getting them to submit their email address. How can we get them to do that? So we can do that through the big sections in blue at the top. So the top of the funnel where we've got awareness and interest, where somebody is open to hearing or learning and open to new ideas, open to the idea of using your brand, something sparks their interest. Um, that's a really top of funnel stuff, right? That's the stuff that needs to happen now for you. So some examples of um, tactics that are, that are typically important at that stage of the funnel are things like content marketing, which we just spoke about, blogs, podcasts, being on other people's podcasts if you don't have your own, um, developing uh, video content, developing brand content, um, the use of that content on organic social media um, is also really important. So content marketing first, using the content on organic social media, then once you're really clear on who your brand is and what you want to say, you know, get on some podcasts, um, you know, share your thoughts in, in the form of audio apps like that. Potentially form, form some partnerships and leverage PR opportunities. Harper has an amazing PR uh, publicist who they work with, who we also have used as well, who can also be of help here as well. Um, and strategic partnerships, you know, so many of the founders that we work with spend a lot of their time building strong, authentic and organic relationships with key people in their industries that they know will help them to move the needle and with the number one objective of attaining um, those first 1,000 users. So what strategic partnerships can you be building using a lot of the organic content marketing that you'll be doing um, initially to really attain and build strong relationships in the industry and get your brand out there into the world. Something I'll just add if to kind of simplify that top of funnel activity that we, you know, preach, we, you know, to, to people in the startup world, but also, you know, any business owner, is that top of funnel activity really is the opportunity for you to act as a thought leader in your industry. So think of that as depending on your area of expertise and what the, the app or the platform strives to do, utilise your, your credibility, your knowledge to push out content that is value-based, educational, and in turn acquires the interest of your prospective users. So through all of the content, um, you know, and the, and the tactics at that top of the funnel, all that they are striving to do is educate and and continue as a thought leader in your, in your industry. Cool. So let's think about further down the funnel now, the next step. So actually getting somebody to submit their email address and become a lead or become a registration. So think about it this way. Somebody is completely unaware of your brand, about your app, your startup. Then they read a piece of content or they see a social media post. They hear about you on a podcast. They see an article about you in the in the in on your local publication or in the local newspaper. Then they're interested. So they jump onto the website. So that takes us from this blue box to this blue box. This blue box, lead registration or obtaining an email sign-up, are the things that we need to do once they're physically at that stage to get them to insert their email address. So some examples of that include CRO on the landing page. 
CRO is a lovely marketing acronym that you'll hear a lot of, which is actually um, better known as conversion rate optimization. So if you have a landing page and the user has absolutely no idea how to submit their details, they're not quite sure what's going on, there's mixed messages, there's buttons everywhere or no buttons at all or buttons in really bad places or the buttons are not responsive on a mobile or a tablet device and that's what they're using at the time, that's obviously going to... Um, lead to poor performance, lack of registrations. So CRO on the landing page is absolutely vital and, and CRO on the landing page that's responsive across devices as well. So how can you put those CTA or call to action buttons in really clear places above the fold, linked with other information? Um, that, that's, that's really how you should, should be thinking about CRO or conversion rate optimization. The second thing are lead magnets on the landing page. So a really amazing um, tactic that businesses of all sizes can use um, is giving somebody a downloadable piece of content that really incentivizes them to put their email address in. So um, sign up today to receive X or download our free guide to build your go-to-market strategy. That's one that we use in our business a lot. And they get that piece of content, otherwise known as a lead magnet in the marketing world, on exchange of their email. Another great example here is live chat. So obviously live chat requires a human. Um, it, it's best done with a human um, to really respond to it. But live chat can be a really great way when you're in the early stages of your app. Um, if you do have time, um, but not necessarily heaps of money, to just have a, uh, a live chat enabled on your website, you can use tools like Intercom um, is a really great one that's quite cost-effective, much more cost-effective than a HubSpot or something like that, um, that you can literally have running from your mobile device, plugged onto your landing page on the website, so interested parties can chat with you um, you know, you, you can you can you know act as the founder and you know hustle really like and have a chat with people who come onto the website to with the goal of getting them to sign up. And then another nice example here is push notifications upon launch of content on the new site. So what this means is that when you launch a new blog on your website and a new piece of information, for example, a push notification is a notification which. Um, allows us to let everybody who's been onto your website in the past that we've deemed as being interested and let them know that you just launched a new piece of content. So, um, you know, hey, Sam, and it will pop up on your screen, Sam, uh, Ask Marketing have just launched a, a new blog all about how to reduce um, the strain and the cost of the sales function by implementing these digital marketing tactics. And it will pop up on his screen, um, hopefully in a in not too obtrusive way. Um, and, and the objective of that push notification is to get Sam back onto the Ask Marketing website to get him to take an action. So it's a really great way um, of, uh, of, of driving people back at a very low cost per click. <laughs> because the tool is free. Um, so we won't talk too much about those items in pink there because in the pre-launch, um, driving the download and the sign-up, that's obviously only relevant once the once the app is launched. And same with retention. So these are two things that you can be thinking about and there's a whole other kettle of fish of things that we can be talking about with regard to those things. They're only relevant at the launch phase. So for now, um, really focus on those two kind of top key boxes with the overarching goal of getting people to sign up from the landing page. 
Awesome. So the second component we're going to chat about um, today is marketing resourcing. So taking the go-to-market strategy that you should be thinking about, and we've talked through all those critical foundational, I guess, pieces of information that you need to have first before considering a go-to-market strategy or being ready for one to be built. But then as a second step to that, how can you equip your team, yourself and one other person, for example, in the early days, to actually do the marketing execution based on what the strategy says. Cool. So this is a very generic but very practical guide based on a lot of different business types and, and platforms and apps as to what a, a resourcing structure might look like to actually start executing some of the bare bones minimum priority tactics of a marketing um, strategy. So that first portion at the top was, of course, developing the marketing strategy itself. We would always recommend this be done by experts who are strategy experts. Um, as we mentioned, we would always do this the pre-launch focus first to really give you the foundational elements to get started on um, in a cost-effective way first before um, work, workshopping and working through all the more comprehensive elements further down the track, closer to launch and beyond. But if you develop um, and get that marketing strategy devised based on all of those critical foundational components that we talked to earlier about the business itself, commercialization, does it have a sales function, where does the acquisition take place, all of those really foundational business um, uh, components, get the strategy uh, developed. And then off the back of that, there are a number of different um, elements to resource the marketing team that you can do some of to save costs and some that we re really recommend getting experts to uh, execute for you. So that second row there is the content creation element. As Ali mentioned, content, um, and I'm sure you can all appreciate, content fuels all marketing activity. Without content itself, we have nothing to market. Um, regardless of your industry. So even if it's a piece of copy to sit on a Google search guide, that would be considered content. If it's a blog to post across your, you know, either your Facebook page, your LinkedIn page, and going out in an email marketing campaign, that is content. If it's a video that, again, can be published across all social media platforms, your website itself, and in email marketing as well, that is content. So we would recommend that you um, consider leveraging the support of content creation experts um, to do this portion because so much of marketing activity relies on it. And it's definitely something that, you know, you might have a skill set to do, which is amazing. But if not, um, a majority of founders may not, their expertise is, is in, you know, far different uh, areas. This is something we'd recommend leaning on specialists to do. And we've broken that down into visual content creation. So things like graphic design and, and designing static posts to, um, you know, blog header imagery, for example, to video content. Anything that's visual um, will have a very specific skill set um, in the partners that you lean on. And, and then the second component is blog writing. So any copy-specific content, again, is a very different skill set. Anything from blog writing to the copy on you know, social media posts to the copy on your website to the copy in emails that you send out to your you know, LinkedIn profile and, and what it actually says in the copy. That's um, a specialist skill set that we also encourage you to lean on an expert to, to do. 
Of course, those things um, rely, uh, you know, require investment. However, we strongly believe it is worthwhile to do because all of that content at the top of the funnel, where you're creating hype in the market that in the space that you're wanting to play in, is the first touch point your market is going to have with your brand new brand. And if it's not high quality, if it's not polished, um, you know, that will be a poor experience from the outset. So we really want to, you've got one chance to, to capture a user and having the content you know, be beautiful, be well written, be well presented is key. Um, so it would be a worthwhile investment thinking about the content creation bucket being a, pl a place to invest in. One of the, I was just going to add to that, one of the best things about our go-to-marketing strategy program, which is where the, uh, the cursor is just now, is that we give you access to our network of content-creating um, experts, ones that are set up and able to uh, support founders, i.e. they're cost-effective, they're agile, they move very quickly, and they're not going to break the bank, and they're very, very familiar and comfortable um, and passionate about working with uh, early-stage founders and startups. So that's one of the most exciting things, I think, about working with us on your go-to-marketing strategies, that we're able to kind of take the stress out of finding those network partners putting you in touch with copywriters, content creators, um, so on and so forth, so that you know and trust from the outset that these people are who they say they are, they're going to do what they say they do, and these people will work with our strategy to, so that you don't have to talk the marketing talk. We've already done that, and we kind of act as your middleman or virtual marketing manager to hand over that strategy to these content creation experts for them to then take the lead and create this content so that you don't have to be an expert at marketing to go and have these conversations with these content creators, um, which is really exciting. Yeah. And then the last component, the last row, is things that you personally can dabble in yourself. We recognise that at least at the start of your startup journey, um, you know, budget and, and financials are everything. And being able to dive into testing the waters in the marketing space yourself as a founder, we really, really encourage. So with the, I guess, the Bible being strategy at the very top there, leaning on experts for content creation to fill the marketing um, bucket of what the strategy actually is. And then you being, you know, uh, testing the waters with things that definitely can be done and taught and learned um, by yourself as a founder. So things like organic social media posting. If you've got the content already created, hosting it and writing, you know, a brief post copy is really, really easy to learn and to do on an ongoing basis as well as, you know, learning how to schedule that in advance. So bundling all that kind of content together to push out well in advance to the scheduling tool is really simple and easy to learn. Also email marketing, you know, once you've attained in the pre-launch phase, once all this content strives to drive people to your landing page to sign up as a, as a user, who, someone who's registered their interest, um, talking to them regularly by email marketing, even if it's literally directly in a Gmail account, you know, reaching out to them and communicating with them regularly, that is absolutely something that you can manage at least to save costs and also allows you to talk directly with your interested users. Um, and, and actually create a relationship with them in the outset when you are in the early days to, you know, get, get feedback, get initial thoughts as well. And then, of course, the final element that absolutely can sit in your core is the business development and partnership side. So really in that early phase, focusing on the, on the relationship building, developing partnerships with relevant industry leaders that might form opportunities once your platform or app is ready to launch. 
is absolutely um, something that should sit in your in your bucket of responsibilities. So that's just a bit of a breakdown of what resourcing um, in the marketing space can very commonly look like for a whole range of startups, regardless of industry or business or, or product type. Um, if you think of it in three kind of tiers, is the strategy being that definitely, you know, the, the, the requirement that needs to be done first and foremost to guide all marketing activity moving forward. Then content creation being, um, again, leaning on experts to do that. But then at the bottom, you can essentially fuel yourself to distribute out on the relevant channels based on what's in the marketing strategy. So keep coming back to the strategy to be the absolute Bible to what you um, refer to and use for that pre-launch phase and beyond. Cool. Thank you so much, guys. I'm going to stop sharing our screen. Um, if you did have any questions or want to have a conversation, please reach out to us. Um, my email is there, ali at askmarketing.com.au. Um, we'd love to hear from you and help you um, in however uh, however that looks. So I'm going to uh, take this over to questions. I'm going to stop sharing my screen um, and please ask away. Okay. Cool. Thanks so much for that, Ali and Steph. That was a wonderful insight and, and thoroughly appreciate it. Um, we have one question here from uh, Cassandra, who was just asking, do you make content for go-to-market or, or set the strategy only? Great question, Cassandra. So we aren't content creators, no. We develop the strategy as a holistic piece. But as Ali said, based on that strategy piece, we then have a network of really amazing, I guess, content creating partners that you can lean on that, um, that our, our ecosystem um, that we can introduce you to and, and all hype founders that we have worked through that have come through the Accelerate program have been introduced to those people um, and can attest the, um, you know, the amazing relationship that they still have ongoing with them 12 months, two years down the track. So um, that's the way we work. Awesome. We've got a flurry of uh, appreciation for the presentation, which is great, and, and understand it as well. Thank you to everyone as well for taking the time to sit down with Ali and Steph, and thank you so much for your time as well. Uh, as mentioned, uh, for those that, are within our, those that are listening within our hyper cohort at the moment, feel free to get in touch with your commercial strategist uh, who will introduce you personally to both Ali and Steph um, to help you and support you in that go-to-market strategy. And for those that are new to both Hyper and Ask Marketing that are tuned in today, yeah, we'd love to have a conversation with you here at Hyper um, and we help you to evolve your startup to then transition into working with the amazing team at Ask Marketing uh, who will be able to work in combination to make sure that we can launch as successfully, safely as possible. Absolutely. Really looking yeah. forward to hearing you guys. It's been, it's been awesome. Thanks as always, Dan. Awesome. All right, everyone, we'll have a lovely afternoon and uh, thanks again and we'll all chat soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of How to Start a Startup brought to you by Hyper. Do you have a product or business idea but don't know where to start? Visit us at hyperhq.com and book a free confidential session with a Hyper business mentor to discuss your idea and how to make it a reality. We'd love to talk. And that's all for this week. See you next time.